Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Just after 1 p.m. here on a Wednesday, January 24th. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. Bill Roth will join us for the Cowan Gates Hokies update at 1.30. Then we'll head out on the fast break with AWOD talking all things NBA. We'll recap the VCU basketball win against Loyola Chicago uh, coming up at 2.30. And then David Harrison covers the Commanders for Sports Illustrated and also the Locked on Commanders podcast will join us at 2 p.m. And, of course, there's a ton of excitement right now within the Commanders fan base, the Skins fan base, the Washington football team fan base. Why is that? Team just hired a GM, Adam Peters. Josh Harris has put together an advisory board that I call the Jedi Council to bring balance to the force and make Washington football great once again. That board is trying to find the next head coach. Adam Peters is going to have a big say in that. And so not only new GM, not only new coach, the team owns the number two pick in the upcoming NFL draft and are almost 100% certain to use it on a quarterback in our now three decades long search to find the ex-franchise quarterback in the nation's capital. The latest report suggests Jaden Daniels. What do you think about the quarterback out of LSU and the Heisman Trophy winner? 833-804-0910. the question of the day on the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some- The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. So not only does Washington have the number two overall selection, they've got a ton of high-end draft picks, five in the first 100 after trading Montez Sweat and Chase Young. All the hype seems to center around Caleb Williams. That's my guy, right? Local kid from the DMV. Then went to Oklahoma, teams up with Lincoln Riley, follows Lincoln Riley to USC, wins the Heisman Trophy, has another damn good season this year, though everyone's trying to bring him down since he got to the mountaintop, make him not the number one overall pick. I think he's obviously the number one overall pick. And USC didn't have a good defense, and he struggled this year. And he did struggle with things emotionally, right? I'm sure he wanted, just like everyone who plays college football, Wanted to make it to the college football playoffs. Wanted to become national champions at USC. They didn't get it done. There are people that got upset with him for the way he paints his fingernails. There are people that have gotten upset for him for the way that he runs around and scrambles and doesn't take the easy pass. I think everyone's tearing Caleb Williams down, but he's going to be a star. I've said it multiple times. I'm putting my career as an NFL evaluator on the line. If Caleb Williams is not a pro bowler within his first five years in the league, You won't hear me talking about quarterbacks anymore. Then there's Drake May, widely considered to be the second-best quarterback prospect from the rankings this year. Drake May out of UNC, ton of success this season. Comparisons to Josh Allen, a big guy that has the arm strength to throw downfield, but also the athletic ability to run for first downs, run people over, jump over people. He's got one sick play in college where he was scrambling around Couldn't throw it with one hand, so he moved it to his opposite hand, throwing hand, and still completed the pass for the first down. Well, it's not Caleb Williams or Drake May that Mel Kuyper, draft analyst, has going number two to Washington. He has the commanders locking in Jaden Daniels at number two overall. And, of course, Jaden Daniels, 
Phenomenal final season at LSU. Wins the Heisman Trophy. Shows all the dual threat traits, right? Associated with modern-day NFL quarterback. The ability to throw the deep ball like C.J. Stroud. A lot of Lamar Jackson in him, too. Dancing around in the backfield. That's going to be something to monitor, right? Anytime you hear Lamar Jackson's comparisons after the season that he has... Almost going to almost guarantee to be a second time MVP. There's going to be a lot of interest. The problem for me with Jaden Daniels is it was just the phenomenal final season at LSU, and I don't know that he's the guy. Now, here's I'm going to say this right now. I'm very confident in Adam Peters, Josh Harris, and the advisory board. If they believe Jaden Daniels is the guy, I'm not going to question it. I believe Caleb Williams is a much better quarterback. I've read the reports that Drake May seems to be the number two ranking from all the experts, not named Mel Kuyper Jr. of ESPN. But I'm not going to be upset if Jaden Daniels is the guy because I'm trusting the process. And it's hard to say because every fan of this team wants to have an opinion. Everyone wants to feel like, hey, I knew that we were going to get this guy and I knew he was the guy. But I'm trusting the process. I believe in Josh Harris's ability to put smart people in the right places to make smart decisions. And if the guys that are smarter at drafting quarterbacks than me, like Jaden Daniels, I'm going to be fine with that. And I'm actually excited about a kid who has shown some Lamar Jackson-like ability. I want Caleb. I believe Caleb's the best prospect out of all the college quarterbacks in the past five years. I think you can't miss on Caleb Williams. I think he's, you know, Patrick Mahomes 2.0. He's like an Andrew Luck that's going to step in and immediately lead your your team to 9 or 10 wins. I'm a Caleb guy, but I'm also not against Jaden Daniels. The only guy that I don't love is Drake May, and that's just because we went through the Sam Howell experience here of a UNC quarterback. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. Let's go to out to Midlothian, line one. Shannon, you're on the fan. Uh, hey, hey, Wad, how's it going, man? It's good, man. What's going on with you? Hey, man, uh, so so listen, man, I think Caleb Williams is really the, the only QB that I would be willing to take that high. Yeah. If he's gone or if we can't work out a trade for him, I say Marvin Harrison Jr. and we try to get Justin Fields. Yeah, I understand what you're saying there, and I've, I've heard a lot of people – uh, that feel that way, and I'm one of them. Like I think Caleb is the home run. Everyone else, it's a single or a double, and you're hoping that they become something. So if you trade back, I like Marvin Harrison Jr. Seems like he's going to be a star. Mm-hmm. Who's your quarterback next season? Yeah. Well, you got it. Like I said, Justin Fields, man. Take a shot. I would rather go with him than take a chance on either of those rookies that I think are 50-50 at best. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying there. Uh, how have you felt about the way Adam Peters has, has taken over as the GM and Josh Harris putting together this advisory board? Are you excited? Oh, man, it's fantastic. I mean, I've been a, a Washington fan for 30 years, had season tickets for about 15 years, and, you know, I was there in 2013 when the bottom fell out. Yeah. And to see things turn around, man, I can't wait to see what it looks like. It just feels like, for once, we finally have, you know, a competent GM, a competent owner, and I, I don't know how they could screw this up, right? I, I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, good call, man. I appreciate you chiming in. Thank you, man. Yep, take care. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Stubb, where do you weigh in on this? Have you picking a quarterback that you're going to champion for next year? 
honestly, I've been thinking about it. I'm on the Kirk Cousins train. Really? I think it would be really funny. Kirk 2.0 Kirk train. Kirk 2.0 train. I, I get trade back because we have a lot of holes we need to fill. Trade yeah. back, get a lot of really good O-line receivers, defensive people, and just take a quarterback that we know can do good in the league. I think there could be more people that jump on the Kirk 2.0 bandwagon, but not if Ben Johnson's the head coach. Right? Uh, if they go with, uh, if they somehow got Harbaugh, right, mm-hmm. or Belichick, or a Dan Quinn, right, a veteran coach, then maybe, hey, it's win now, let's get Kirk, let's do it, right? Yeah. Let's pay him, let's win. The problem is, I think if you get a Ben Johnson, a Bobby Slowick, one of these young, hot commodity offensive minds, they're going to want to shape their own quarterback. Kirk Cousins, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's you know, true. He's going to come out there and dominate in garbage time, but is he going to be good on Thursday night football? He's probably not going to be good on prime time. He's then never would, been good on prime time. I would time. say then to, to what Shannon said, Justin Fields is still yeah. a quarterback that could be molded. Yeah. I like that pick too. I you know, The thing about Justin Fields is I I just don't know what his ceiling is, right? Like, yeah. he's, he's I don't know if he's ever going to develop as a passer to be like a just uh, Jalen Hurts level guy, right? He's going to always be, I think, like a Lamar light where for him to have a good game, you need him to run for 50 or 60 yards. And that with that happening, then you're dealing with the, the chance of an injury. Uh, yeah. But I do like Justin Fields more than... And Drake made Drayton Daniel. So yeah, it's just it's just a known quantity right. more than more than. So I, I like the idea of not taking a rookie if it's not Caleb Williams. Yeah, but I mean, look, Chicago's not just going to give up Justin Fields for free. And if they bring yeah. him back, Matt Eberflus, which that's all the reports is is happening, then I think he's going to hold on to Justin Fields, and I expect them to trade with the Patriots. That that is my my prediction. All right, my prediction is because Gerard Mayo keeps saying. Without saying it, he keeps saying we're going to draft the most important position in football. He's not saying they're going to draft a quarterback, but, he, he, but if you read behind, it, yeah. between the lines, there's no other position they're going to take. No one else called. Not that. in the first yeah. round. If you want to chime in, it's eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. You're listening to AWOD on. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the New Sports Radio nine ten. The fan now at one hundred five one FM. Phone lines are always open. 833-804-0910. You could be the quarterback of this segment. 833-804-0910. Uh, you could tweet us throughout the show at 910thefan or at AWOD Radio. If it's a good tweet, we'll read it on air. Rick tweets me, AWOD's going at the neck of Matt Valdez, calling him a fat ass who can't stay off the sauce. I, I will tell Matt Valdez tomorrow to his face when he's on uh, Don't Sleep on These Picks that I did lose respect for him for doing Dry January. I just think it's stupid. How about you do a week, but a whole month? Who are you trying to prove? I feel like if you do a week, it just kind of, I had a bad weekend. Yeah. The the month seems like, do you have a bad year? Right. I don't, right. I don't yeah, know right. what the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So we'll discuss that with Valdez. That's going to be Friday at 1245. Don't sleep on these picks presented by Don't Sleep Energy. Uh, Jonathan tweets me, Awad, hating on Drake May because UNC doesn't have a history of producing quarterbacks makes no sense. And I, I totally agree. It's not the best case for not loving a quarterback in Drake May. He might turn out to be a star uh, at a UNC. I think that my take on Drake May has a lot more to do with watching Sam Howell, knowing he's still most likely going to be on the roster. Are we going to really have two UNC quarterbacks? And, oh, yeah, if Drake May was so great, why did UNC finish seventh in a bad ACC this year? It's not a good look. Not a good look. Not a good look. Not a good look. Uh, but we appreciate you guys chiming in. Thanks, Jonathan, for tweeting us at AWAD Radio, A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O. There are two more 
NFL games going on this weekend. We'll break them down right now and go around the latest in the NFL here on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL, NFL Hits on AWOD Radio. Now, Stubb, if you had to pick a conference right now to win the Super Bowl, are you going AFC or NFC? I mean, it's AFC. Like, okay. Like, I, I think we're both pretty. Now, I thought you were going to say NFC because you believe in the Lions this year. I have been believing in the Lions to make it to the Super Bowl. Oh, just to make to it. To make it. Just to make it. But you think, hey, it's either going to be Lamar and the Ravens or Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs once again. I just think it will be the Ravens. Okay. That's, yeah. You're, so I'm you're just very really, confident on that. I've been very I confident have, on that for I, a while. I have the same amount of confidence in the AFC to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. I, I just, I believe in Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. It's why I'm I'm in this conundrum here with my Ravens bet. Uh, but man, they have the Ravens have been the best team in the NFL probably from start to finish. In the NFC side of things, the Lions they've had success. They're they're happy to be here. They've got the confidence to win this game, and heck, they might win this game. I don't see them winning the Super Bowl this year. And with the 49ers, I just don't think that Brock Purdy would outdo Lamar or Patrick Mahomes. I would lock it in that your Super Bowl winner is going to be in the AFC team. Yeah, it, it is a quarterback difference. Yeah, at the end of the day, like yeah. it, it, the the gap between Lamar and Mahomes and Goff and Purdy is just too great. And you know anything can happen at the playoffs. It's Final Four. I'm not going to say it's 100, percent but it is a quarterback difference. Yeah, and in this matchup this weekend between the Ravens and the Chiefs, as good as Lamar has been, being the MVP. I want a guy like Patrick Mahomes on my side because he's having a Hall of Fame career and his playoff stats are simply mind-blowing. All right, These stats came to us from our friends at Bro Bible. You can't argue with this kind of success. All right, In the playoffs, here's how Patrick Mahomes' postseason numbers rank among the all-time greats. Whether you're a fan or not, you can't argue with this. Completion percentage. All right, First. Passer rating. First. Touchdown to interception ratio in the playoffs. 38 touchdowns to 7 interceptions. That's first. Total yards per game. That's first. Winning percentage in the playoffs. 813. 813. That is first place. He is the best quarterback in the history of the NFL with those postseason numbers. And the amount of Super Bowls that he's going to win, I think are just going to keep going up and up and up. We're going to be talking about him as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in the, you know up there with Terry Bradshaw and stuff you know John Feinstein was on the junkies last Friday and asked them how who would you name as you know top five quarterbacks of all time and you know they went there with their guys of their generation the Dan Marinos the John Elways and they said you have to put Patrick Mahomes in that list because he's already got two and he's not slowing down yeah and he has three playoff losses and two are to Tom Brady all right like that, and, and that's like one of the toughest people you can play in the last yeah. twenty years. Yeah, I mean it, it's just ridiculous. And so that's why I'm dealing with this conundrum here. All right, if you've been listening to the show, we'll pull the audio on August third at one forty-five p.m. on these airwaves. I said the Baltimore Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl. I okay. said Lamar is on a mission to prove why he wanted, why he was supposed to get paid so much by the Ravens. All right. And that he's not just a regular season quarterback because he was given that trait by a lot of NFL experts. They said, oh, yeah, Lamar can yeah. win in the regular season. He's had 10, 11, 12 wins, but he can't win in the postseason when things slow down and you have to be able to run the ball. 
right? He can run, but can the Ravens run with their running backs also? I think he's trying to prove everyone wrong, all right? And so that's why I placed that bet, $10 to win 200 Now I could cash out at 60 and I'm going back and forth on this. I might end up selling the ticket to Michael Phillips. He said he would buy it for 60 bucks because at that point, he's getting 60 bucks to win 200 on the Ravens to win two games. I think you're going to regret it if you do that. I know. I just... I want some money because I waited the whole season for it. Yeah, you know? I, I see that to, to get this far so and then there, lose there, right it here. It feels but. like there should be a hedge here. And I will absolutely hedge if the Ravens win and get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to leave my ticket in my pocket for the weekend. I'm really leaning towards, I believe in the Chiefs. I, emotional hedge almost, right? And so I, I'm thinking I'm going to cash this bet out, take my 60 bucks. And then, you know, maybe I'll even parlay like 20 bucks on uh, a Ravens-Niners win so I can get some more money back mm-hmm. if if the Ravens win. But I, I don't want to do what Drab T-Shirt did where no. he had all that money <laughs> on Washington, you know, stuck his chest out, said Michael Penix was going to win the game, and they didn't, and he no. lost all that money. Yeah, I, I and I've been with you on the hedging. I I really, in, in my heart, I see a Ravens win for you. I truly believe. Michael believes... Don't. I know, I know. It's just, and it's you know in Baltimore that place is going to be rocking. Yeah. Like I have, I have a few friends in Richmond. I didn't even know they were Baltimore fans. They're going to the game. They bought tickets. They, there's there's a buzz right now. I'm going to say in the entire DMV for the Ravens. Right? We talked about that story a little bit yesterday. Fox Five DC saying that they're they've noticed a buzz from Commanders fans falling in love with the Ravens and jumping on the bandwagon. I'm I'm starting to feel the buzz too with my fa- with my friend group here. Yeah, I'm 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 buzzed for them. You are buzzed. I, I am buzzed. You're for them. all I'm, in on the Ravens. I'm all in on the Ravens, and I think when you make a Super Bowl bet for a team cashing out this close, I know just it's, feel, you it's know, annoying. You got to stand by your principles, I know, especially because I was so strong with my opinion on August third. I mean, I asked Ross Tucker what he thought. He hated the pick, and I said, Ross, you're wrong. Yeah, it's going to be I, the Ravens. I think. Yeah, it'd be nice to have sixty bucks. Yeah, but I think it's a principal thing. It's a br- it's, it's also a bragging rights, right? Yes. I mean, because yeah. I'm I'm gonna b- always be able to post that I placed a Ravens Super Bowl bet in August, yeah. right? Yeah, we we were talking training camp. Yeah. I was talking Lombardi look, for Lamar. Look, they lose to the Chiefs, you're out ten bucks. Yeah, no, you're right. That's not the worst thing in the world, right? And I'm not really a Ravens fan, so I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. You know what? I think you've convinced me. I've got to hold on to the ticket. you got to hold on to the ticket. Even though I could use that 60 bucks and go out with my friends this weekend. Some wham. Yeah. What did you call it? walk around money. Walk around That was from Zach. That was from Zach. I like that. That's a good one. (laughs) Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. It's the Cowan Gates Hokies Update with Bill Roth coming up next. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. we got a lot still to come on the second half of the show. We are live and local here in Richmond, Virginia, Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. And always available on the go with the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Search 910 The Fan to hear us. It gives you the ability to pause the show, rewind, run some errands, and then pick up right where you left off. You could check out the podcast available every day on your drive home by searching AWOD Radio on iTunes, Spotify, or the Odyssey app. We'll head out on the fast break with AWOD. Talk all things NBA. Is Doc Rivers the right guy and the right fit for the job in Milwaukee, leading Giannis 
Adetia Kumpo and Damian Lillard uh, to maybe a second title in four years for the Bucks. We'll go around Hollywood and entertainment with Netflix. I know Stubb still has a ton of more uh, Oscar stuff to get to here on the show today. And then we'll talk some VCU hoops at 2.30. But I wanted to continue our college basketball conversation right now with University Drive. Let's go to University Drive. Scores, buzzer beaters, madness. All the college basketball in the state of Virginia. We'll follow your favorite teams all season long. University Drive on AWOD Radio. And we begin in Blacksburg, Stubb, as the Hokies, Sean, uh, Sean Padula, Hunter Couture, help Virginia Tech hold off Boston College for a 76-71 win last night. Uh, that game tipped off at 9 p.m. from the Castle Coliseum. And the Hokies had a 11-point lead at half. Boston College fought hard to come back in the second half. But Sean Padula hit a pair of foul shots to give the Hokies a five-point lead with 2.02 left. And they would go on to win by five and get back to 500 in the ACC at 4-4. Four and four. Um, we talked about MJ Collins. He's has been inconsistent, but I think he's a guy that they can hopefully count on towards the later half of the A10 or excuse me ACC play as a guy that can be a consistent third scorer. He had 11 points last night, really good game. Lynn Kidd down low battled hard for 10 points for the Hokies, and and really, I, I feel like you could say the same thing for a lot of the Mike Young era. When they shoot more than 35% from three, they win games. When they shoot last night, 36.4%. Uh, Padula had 16 points, two of seven. Couture, three of five, 17 points on the game. The two also combined to hit 10 of 10 from the free throw line. Mylijal Poteet continues to be you know, the hustle energy guy off the bench. He had eight points, four rebounds, a block, and an assist uh, in just 15 minutes. As the Hokies only went seven deep. Tyler Nickel, five points, the other guy scoring off the bench. Um, but all five of the scorers with at least nine points uh, in the starting lineup. Robbie Barron, nine. Lynn Kidd, ten. MJ, eleven. Padula, sixteen. Couture, seventeen. So uh, good overall play from the starting lineup to fight off Boston College uh, for a meaningful win. Now seventh place in the ACC uh, with a not a difficult game coming up on Saturday against Georgia Tech, but then it's against Duke and at Miami. So got to get this win against Georgia Tech. That'll be January 27th at 5 p.m. And then a couple difficult games next week following that one. Let's move over to Virginia here on University Drive. So we mentioned it during the sports app. Virginia lost at NC State. They lost at Wake Forest. Now it's a two-game win streak against both Techs, Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech, and a revenge game tonight, 7 p.m. on ACC Network, against NC State. So they lost that game in Raleigh. Can they win tonight from John Paul Jones Arena? A win would move them into possibly the top four of the ACC. They're currently sitting at sixth right now at four and three behind Wake and NC State. NC State would move to 5-3, and three, and they would tie them with a win tonight. What's it going to take for the Hoos to get a win? Well, I think I think it's going to be a good game from 
Isaac McNeely. Um, we know Reese Beekman's done a great job as the point guard this year, running the offense, but also scoring 13 points per game. Ryan Dunn has been, uh, I think, a little inconsistent at times this year. Uh, they really like what they can get from him when he plays at his best, but he's only averaging 9.5 points per game. He's had a few you know, 18 or 20 point games, and then a few where he fails to do more uh, than just hit a bucket or two. So I think they need Dunn to be more consistent, be a double-digit scorer, continue to be good down low with rebounds, steals, and block shots, blocking 2.1 shots per game. Jordan Miner has stepped in to be the guy down low, scoring four points per game, but doing a good job rebounding uh, in the last three games. But I just think McNeely's their X factor because McNeely is averaging 11.9 points per game. He can go off for 20. He's shooting an incredible 48.9% from the three-point line. I'm looking for McNeely to have a big game uh, tonight for Virginia to get the win, and then it's all about how they play on the defensive end. At home, they've been great defensively. On the road, they have given up too many buckets. They have given up too many points. On the road, I want to say Virginia's given up about 70 points per game, whereas at home, holding teams to about 55. The good news is, tonight's at home against NC State. Let's move over to the A-10 here and talk a little. Spiders, University of Richmond, they play tonight against George Washington um, from the Robin Center here in Richmond, Virginia. It's going to be a good game. George Washington can score. Richmond slows the ball down, uh, runs their efficient offense, and has been a much better defensive team this year. And they're still holding on to that undefeated record in the A-10, 5-0. Um, so I think the matchup to watch for tonight will be Jordan King for Richmond against James Bishop the fourth. Uh, Bishop was one of the leading scorers in the A-10 last year, has continued at that mark this season. Jordan King, the transfer, has been Richmond's best player this year. Uh, anytime they need a bucket, they've been able to turn to him, and he has been spectacular. 18.3 points per game, a 41% three-point shooter, also giving the Spiders 4.2 rebounds and 2.4 Assists. Lastly, here on University Drive, I did want to <clears throat> get into that VCU win last night. That's now four wins in a row. A lot of momentum for the Rams. And a, <clears throat> a winnable game at Davidson coming up Saturday. I think that's the game where if VCU wins that one, now we're talking about a double bye in the A-10 tournament in Brooklyn. Got to use that momentum to get a win at Davidson. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Welcome back. I'm AWOD. This is the new sports radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Give Stubb a call. He'll put you on the air with Adam Epstein here in Richmond, Virginia. And you guys know <clears throat> I'm such a hoop, uh, hoops head. I love basketball. It was my favorite sport growing up. I wanted to go to the NBA. Still feel like I got a decent jump shot. I just don't have the speed or the athleticism. But love watching basketball. Such a fun sport. And when played correctly, such a great team sport. And, of course, I love the NBA. And I know you guys here in Richmond do as well. The last three years, 
maybe longer, Richmond has been in the top 10 in NBA viewing and League Pass subscriptions. So we know here in Richmond in the 804, you guys love the NBA, and I love the NBA. But the NBA has a problem right now, and the fact is that no defense is being played. Joel Embiid just scored 70 points. He made it look easy. Carl Anthony Towns scored 62. Well, not only do they have a problem with no defense, the refs don't really know what they're doing either. And that's the lead story as we head out on the fast break with AWOD. Let's go. Let's play some basketball here. We're going on the fast break with AWOD. From buzzer beating shots to the best highlight plays from around the league, every clutch moment. Stroking it from three. The all stars of the league. We're out in transition. It's a breakaway. It's gone at the buzzer. It's the fast break and AWOD talking all things NBA. So, the NBA has this huge issue with defense. I, I was the first to claim that before 2025, we're going to have a 400-point NBA game. One team is going to win 201 to 199 or something like that. And there's just no defense being played. Every night you look at the box score, 135 to 133, 140 to 123. Stubb, you're looking at the box scores and grabbing audio. It's always 120, it's, 130. It's it's crazy that that there are people in the NBA that can put up points that an entire college team puts up a game. Right. Like right. that's just that doesn't seem right. Right. And they are very talented, but also it's because there's no defense being played. Yeah. Right. And the officials are having a hard time with it too because the rules are favoring offense. You know, they've changed the flopping rules. There's not as many charges before. Uh, superstars get superstar treatment when they go to the basket. They almost always get a foul called. Monday night, Charlotte Hornets game against the Minnesota Tim- Timberwolves. All right. Came down to the wire. Hornets storm back from an 18 point deficit despite 62 from Carl Anthony Towns. They win 128 to 125. The NBA just announced that the final two minutes of that game in which which the Hornets came back from 18 points to win, knock off the number one seed in the Western Conference, the T-Wolves, in the final two minutes, it featured 10 incorrect calls. (laughs) 10 in the final two minutes. Four favored the Minnesota Timberwolves. Six favored Charlotte, including a shot that Carl Anthony Towns had with five seconds left that would have given the T-Wolves the lead. They said they missed a foul call on that. Would have put him in the free throw line to tie the game or win it. I mean, what are you doing here, NBA? I I don't support AI. Yeah. But it sounds like refing across the sports world has to be digitized more than it is. Uh, It's just so weird. And then you've got the story Michael Phillips talked about, and we've been running on the CBS Sports Minutes. The Blazers are protesting a loss after a frustrating play where they filed a protest after Tuesday night's loss to the Thunder, where Blazers coach Chauncey Billups claims he called timeout, claims he was clearly signaling timeout on the sidelines, was not called. In, in fact, they called the double dribble on his guard, Malcolm Brogdon, and the Thunder would go on to win the game. They, this is two big blown yeah. games in one week by the NBA. And I, and I don't hear about the NBA script the way I hear about the NFL script. Yeah. But... Uh, and I don't think it's it's one sided. It's just it's human error is going to keep doing this. I, well, I think it's human error, but also I, I think it has something to do with they've just lost the control of the game, right? They, you know, people always says that in college basketball, and some said it last night at the VCU game. Like there was a point in the first half where they were calling everything, and the game was stop, start, stop, start. We lost the yeah. flow of the game, right? And so a lot of times when that happens, the the officials stop blowing the whistle as much, 
right? right to get right, right, right. the flow of the game back. Uh, but it's just they've they've lost it in the NBA right now uh, with the way they're calling things because there's no defense being played. And I, I think it starts with the travel issue. That's my biggest issue is they're not calling travel the way they did in the 90s, the way they did in the 2000s, the way they do it in high school and college. And so because of that, these NBA players are able to take three, four steps either to the left, to the right, or even stepping back before they get off shots. And it's the inconsistency with that is impossible for a ref to call a game correctly because they're being told that, oh, yeah, we're, we're allowing that extra step on the step back now. But then if you get if somebody hits your body and then you're getting an extra step, you're getting a crab dribble, they've just completely lost me because of the way they call travels now. You're allowed to take too many steps. And I think that's led to the offensive explosions. And it sucks. It feels like every day. Every day there's a new ref thing on Twitter. Yeah. Everyone is talking about officiating in every single sport. It's getting it's getting tiresome. It is. Like I I, I just wanna, you know, watch a sport. That's what everyone says. They without just complaining, watch without complaining, but yeah. it's it's hard as it it seems to be getting more egregious with time. It does, and you know, part of it's probably who the hell would want to raise your kid to be a ref right now? Yeah, all you <laughs> That's do a is scary job. You know, you get destroyed on social media. Uh, the other big story I wanted to get to in the NBA. We talked about this before this season. Americans don't dominate the NBA anymore. It's sad <laughs> to say, because you know, my lifetime we had Michael Jordan, then we had Kobe Bryant. And LeBron James. And LeBron James is still great, but the best player in the NBA right now is an international talent, Nikola Jokic, two-time MVP. I think a lot of people would argue the second best player is the Greek freak, Giannis Adetiokounmpo. Uh, You got a lot of international players on the rise. And America was not dominating, not just in the NBA with the MVP award, but also in international play. Remember, they didn't even finish in the bronze. They didn't even medal in the last FIBA World FIBA World Cup. And a report came out the next day, LeBron James and Steph Curry wanted to represent America. They wanted to do like their version of the Redeem team yeah. right, and make American basketball great once again. Well, LeBron James and Steph Curry headlined the 41-player USA basketball player pool that was announced for this summer's 2024 Olympics. That's huge news if you're an American basketball fan. Um, there are a lot of finalists here that are good basketball players. Joel Embiid, Paul George, Aaron Gordon, Chet Holmgren, Tyrese Halliburton, Damian Lillard, Kawhi Leonard, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum. Now, Jason Tatum was on the team um, that played in, in the FIBA World Cup, but these are a lot more talented guys, and this is a bigger pool than we're looking at. We're looking at the defending MVP and Joel Embiid, right? That's how you develop a roster that can go up against France, and some of the be- and Spain and some of the best international teams because the international game is completely different. It's a s- shorter three point line. You can hit okay. it more. You can block shots off the rim. Uh, the goaltending rules are different, and a lot of these international players grew up playing with those rules. So it's been hard. But I think the biggest reason USA is taking a step back is number one, we didn't have the talent. Number two, they didn't have the team chemistry that some of these international players have. But uh, I think it's huge to have Steph Curry and LeBron be the headlines. That's how, that's how you win it. Yeah, that's how that's how you win it right there. That's how you get people to tune in. Yeah. Those are names people care about. Yeah, absolutely. All right, the last thing we wanted to get to here on the fast break with AWOD is Doc Rivers agreeing with Milwaukee on a deal to become the Bucks' next head coach despite 
being 30 and 13, 43 games into the season in his first year and the second best record in the Eastern Conference, the Bucs fired Adrian Griffin. Now, there have been reports coming out here that they didn't maximize the strengths of the two All-Stars, Giannis Adentiacupo and Damian Lillard. And Rivers does have a history of coaching stars, right, with the Celtics championship, with the Clippers, didn't get it done, but had a good run there with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. Then most recently with Joel Embiid and the Sixers, um, you know, three times with the Sixers, they made it to the Eastern Conference second round. They never made it to the Eastern Conference finals, and that's why he lost his job there with Philadelphia, had been working on ESPN. It's so weird. Do I think Doc Rivers is going to have success in Milwaukee? Absolutely. The team's just so talented. They're already 30-13. and 13. It's not like the last guy failed in the slightest. Yes, they were giving up 120 points per game, and Doc Rivers seems to be a good defensive coach You know, from his past stops there in Boston and in L.A. with the Clippers. Is he going to have success? Yeah. Is it going to be a title? I don't know. Um, Boston has a better record right now in the Eastern Conference. I do like Boston better with their wing play of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and oh yeah, they just added Kristaps Porzingis. Philadelphia's going to have something to say with the MVP, Joel Embiid. Um, But at the same time, I just think the talent in the Western Conference is better than the East. And I believe that it's either going to be the Nuggets, the Suns, the Lakers, or maybe a wild card team like the Thunder or the T-Wolves, who are the top two seeds in the Western Conference. I believe a Western Conference team will win the NBA title this season. If you want to chime in, 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. That was the Fast Break with AWOD on the fan.